Check yourself. In case my little baby girl needs a turnover chain. Got way too many windows open here. Speaking of a grave digger, digging ditches right now for Notre Dame. Good grief. Yeah. Are you saying you're unprepared? That's what Kelly said. We were un. No, he said we didn't see this coming. That's what he said. We didn't see this coming. Listen. Did they play it in the exact same stadium they played the national championship game? Was it down there? It's the same fucking place, dude. I've wiped it from my memory. You know the men, well, in, the men in black thing? I yeah. bought one of those. Flash. Yeah, right. Memory. I, even, I don't even know what you're saying. Gone. Sometimes no. the team that makes the most mistakes is the team that wins. Holy shit. Notre Dame, eight. Eight. Eight points in the third quarter. Eight. Miami 41. Beat down Central, boys and girls. ND Fan Radio is live. The One Foot Down Podcast. It's not even really One Foot Down Podcast. This is officially ND Fan Radio. This, this is, is the show for officially. fans. We're live. We're drunk. <laughs> and we're humbled. Yeah. We're humbled. Yeah. Man. I'm not even at rage yet. I know some people are at rage, but I, I, I'm not even there yet. Like, this is complete shock. The We've mentioned Inception before. Like, the van is still rolling for me, personally. I mean, this is... I, I'll i say this. I didn't know what to expect with this game, but I, I, nobody... I, di- I didn't think. What, 27-0 halftime? I mean, jeez. Dude. It was just... That was manslaughter. It was onslaught. It was relentless. It was all and for all night. And for all the talk about Miami's not real and this and that and yada yada yada. I mean, this was a bloodletting. This, this is, was that a felt, bloodletting. That felt real. Everybody that wants to mock the turnover chain, that is exactly what they produced. They produced turnovers. The chain was blinging in the lights. I mean, everything they said they were, they were. Everything they are who we thought they were. That's they're who we didn't think they were. I mean, that's what happened. So I think we can pepper in our own uh, comments. Let's. You want to get to the to the, the people in a second, man. Talk for two more seconds. In a second, so I can all keep right. This number out Jeez here, real Louise. quick. The all number right. is 714-409-0605. Hey, look, man, we're we're uh, inexperienced at this. We haven't done this in two years, but we do have some callers stacking up. Anybody that's listening, we encourage you to call in. The number is 714-409-0605. It's ND Fan Radio. We are here for you. We are here to take callers of ND fans on the radio. Yeah. Hence the name, ND Hence fan. Hence the name. I, I, I tell Radio. you, I mean, my final opening thing is this wasn't even, I think a lot of people are like, I knew this was coming. I think a lot of people are doing the I told you so thing to Ooh, me. Cousin JJ. Anybody. To me, this was just like, 
I, I hate this analogy. I, I'm not going to use this analogy because it might be crass for some people. Just but say it. Just like Challenger. Dude, there's so much promise. You, are you talking about the, yes. the space shuttle exploding? See, I told you I shouldn't you have heartless done Heartless I told you I shouldn't have done it. There's so much promise. There's so hey. much mystique. It's all going you, well, and it immediately immediately to, goes to, just, this is horrible. Just to let you know how bad things are tonight, we're drinking Beam. Jim Beam. The shittiest of all. Getting us through with Jim Beam. The shittiest of Listen, all bourbons. This this was like it was dropping the vase, right? And it's not repairable. I mean, that's how I feel right now. It just, it shattered. Everything that was happening with Nord, I used that word on the last podcast about 2012. It shattered everything that it was. Now, is the whole season a loss? Have they really improved from last year? Of course they have, but that's where I'm at right now. But hey, man, let's touch some other folks and see what they think about right, it. But right. that's, to me, this, it was, it was the dream was. Look, man, it's, you're having a nice dream. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I mean, that's what it was. That's we've, exactly what We've got what about an here. hour allotted for some calls here. If you're listening, yeah. please call in. The number is 714-409-0605. 714-409-0605. Here's yeah. what we're going to do. Have we're, your replacement coach ready. <laughs> we're going to call your area code out. If that's you, then you should be prepared to talk. Hopefully, you don't have too much of a delay. Hopefully, you can hear us. Yeah. We're flying blind here. We're drunk. We're uh You keep doing... saying we're drunk. Like well, I'm, I'm not. I'm drunk. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> hey, man. I'm I'm not saying I won't be. I'm just, just saying I'm honest. not. I'm just being honest. The playbook has been the hand mm-hmm. has been tipped. The hand and, has been tipped. Okay. Uh, we haven't done a blog talk radio show in about two years, so we're doing our best here. Hopefully people yeah. aren't tweeting saying I can't hear you. First area code up is area code four one nine. Four one nine. I think that's Ohio. Let's go to him. All yeah. right. Good. All right. Yeah, you there? Hello. 419. Speak. Just say hello. See, I, th- I think people might be so despondent that they can't even speak. I uh, Maybe. I-, I think people called subconsciously and they can't speak. They could be just trying you to know? listen. Whatever. If you're on Roll area down. code 419 and you want to say something, say something. And if we hear you, we'll take your call. Sure. If not, we'll, we'll roll on. All right. That's that. All right. Next. <laughs> hey, hey, this is going great. This is fantastic. This is, hey, this feels familiar, doesn't it? Right? This is going great. We and just tried to run right, and uh, we were decimated. Yeah, let's try to go back to McGlinchey and, uh, and Nelson's okay. side. Area code 931. I have no idea. 931? I feel like we're a bingo na- caller we're at 931. this point. 931. B42. 931. Area code 931. Hey, Are you there? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, hey, we, we got you, man. You. Who's this? Dude, tightness. It's uh, it's it's Kevin, man, formerly Go Irish Glory from down the tunnel. What's up, bro? Hey, how are you, sir? You doing all right? Uh, yeah, I'm, well, <laughs> as good as can be expected, right? I mean, living, you know, as uh, as good as can be after the Irish get completely emasculated <laughs> down in South Beach. Is that is that where we're at? We've reduced it to the fact that we're actually breathing oxygen. Yeah, hey, I, mean, I mean, I'm still alive. I am alive. <laughs> okay, don't ask you know, me for anything else. I mean, I didn't even watch the second half because like, I watched the whole first half and I was I knew it was over and I'm, I know there's a lot of pee and I normally watch the whole game but 
you know, I'm also not a masochist, and I uh, knew it was coming. So, let, okay, let me do something better with the rest right. of my night. Right. Let but, me stop you right there. Did you continue to watch television? Sure. Did you continue? Did you flip over to like a mash rerun? I mean, what are we talking about here? Did you go to like one I of the movies on, that's uh, always on TBS? What were you watching? Other football? Always good to flip over to the Hulu slash Netflix streaming. Do a little uh, Law and Order watching. Okay, so Away from sports. So we call that cleansing no, the palate. You cleanse so, the palate yeah. <laughs> with Law and Order. Okay. Yeah, of course. So why did you not yeah, watch? Guys, why did Why did you shut it down? <laughs> Were you like, I know where this is going. I've seen this before. Why bother? Is that why you thought just shut it down the second half? No, absolutely. And like, listen, I listen to all, uh, listen to you, your guys' podcast every week, and you know, it, it's I've. I've been I've been kind of along with you guys, especially last year. I have not been the biggest Brian Kelly fan for the last couple of years, and uh, I've been hesitant all year. And I finally I thought, hey, we were we were getting somewhere, and maybe change, maybe things changed. And you know, after what happened tonight, I feel like that idiot who gets that email from the Nigerian prince in Africa <laughs> saying, "Please send me some money." Your 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 great uncle your your great yeah. uncle was a millionaire, but <laughs> unfortunately, he died in a Humvee crash. Yeah. <laughs> and you're the beneficiary, so good on you. I mean, I, we've been we were duped. I, I mean, there's really no other way to put it. I mean, we're, you guys mentioned it. Like, sure, is this team an improvement from last year? I mean, anything is an improvement from four and eight. Yeah. I mean, is that is that the standard we're at now? I mean, sure, it's an improvement, but I mean, this goes back to. It's Brian Kelly 1.0. This is exactly what he's been well, all his other years since right. Notre Dame. I don't know what it is with the word hurricane and throwing the football, like whether it's last year in an actual hurricane. Winning, or you're winning. Hurricanes. But you you get there running the football, playing smash mouth football with your offensive line, and you come out and you throw with a first-year starter in the most hostile environment you've played all year. It makes no sense. Let's, I, let's, I, let's talk a little bit about um, throwing the football. Do you think that they, they notably deviated very quickly from the run? Is wanted, that fair to say? Right nothing, off the bat. They wanted nothing, nothing to do, do with, with it. Nothing Two runs. to do with the run the very first series. Six passes, three runs, and a punt. They wanted nothing to do with it. Which is mind-blowing. It was terrible. And, and – he even missed the long the long pass, which whatever the guy's open, you should have hit him. But it's like that play almost ruined the whole night because Look, then the coaches were like, "Well, oh, dude, the guy got open. We're gonna hit some pass plays." Yeah. So oh, let me we'll so let me we'll ask you these. let me ask you this because I saw this this Twitter on uh, this this comment on Twitter. Let me, let me rephrase. I saw this. My brother's rolling his eyes. I saw this comment on Twitter. Somebody had said, would the game have been dramatically different if Notre Dame connected on that first that first touchdown pass, that deep bomb to ESB? I mean, do you think that ultimately puts pressure on Miami or is like 41 to 8, it wouldn't have mattered? <laughs> I mean, you could maybe say that. I mean, who knows if they scored first. But if they had kept doing the game plan that they ended up doing uh, – I don't think that one score was going to change the offensive line getting nothing done. I don't think that was going to change Wimbush throwing two interceptions and missing wide open guys. I think you. I, mean, I don't think that was going to change them calling running plays. Yeah, <laughs> I think you made. I think you made a very astute point, which is uh, if that pass connects, all of a sudden we're all feeding the belief that we're going to win this game by throwing the ball all over the field. And I have to be honest, if it's Brandon Wimbush back there, I'm not seeing it. That was probably the best pass that he threw. You know, and and I think that it was a catchable. Yeah. It was a catchable ball. That's debatable, but it's kind of moot at this point. But I'm not entirely sure that you know that would have done a whole heck of a lot for the belief of the team if they had actually gotten on the board that early in the game. Don't get me wrong; they would have felt like they had a chance. When you're down 27-0 at halftime, 
that's got to be a hell of a speech in the locker room. But I, I think you have it really, really nailed on that one, which is that would have reinforced the fact that we need to deviate from what's got us here, which is what we talked about week after week after week, which is if Notre Dame does that, they're in big trouble. And that's exactly what they did. And it's just, it's it's unbelievable that Kelly pulled that off, you know? You just look at the NC State game. I mean, like, started off not running the ball great. Like, they had a couple of series or two that didn't go off great at the start, but they stuck with the running game, and they ended up, the whole style of play is wear down and dominate. They started passing right away and never even got into that. Yeah. They didn't even try. Like, it's okay if it doesn't work the first drive or two. You keep pushing. You know it's going to work. But <laughs> apparently not. I mean, I don't <laughs> – I mean, I, like you said, I, I'm not even mad at this point. I mean, it was obviously frustrating to watch. And my wife was sitting here, and she was, like, concerned I was going to throw something. And, you know, <laughs> been watching me watching her in football for years now and understands how it is. And But I'm, I'm at the point where it's almost – I've become numb to things that Brian Kelly does in terms of yeah. big games like this on the road. Well, let's. And I was, I, I was so nervous going into this game. I was so worried because I mean, I and I thought the team was going to be really well. I thought the running game was going to transfer well for being on the road. I thought they were going to have a good game plan. But in the back yeah. of my mind, I'm like, Brian Kelly on big games on the road at Notre Dame have not gone well. And when they lose, they lose bad. Yeah. And it's it's. It, it's it's the Notre Dame way to somehow find a way to not only do the big game on the road, but to just totally implode in the most spectacular fashion. Right. Well, let's have this as a parting shot here. I mean, you know, you talk about turning the game off, and to me that would suggest that you knew you were, you had been duped, right? So if you had to sum it up as one word, was Notre Dame exposed? Were you duped? I mean, was this a con? Like, what what's the what's the one line about what happened in this game? Was it just a bad game and the team is still legit and don't worry? Or were you duped? Or, like, how do you, how do you frame it all up in kind of one sentence I mean, as a parting I, shot? I think- I say duped in terms of the coach, like the coaching. Like, I mean, I know he said, I, I kind of looked at what he said or whatever, first on Twitter for what he said in post game. Oh, we have to be better coach. Like, you weren't prepared. Like, I don't understand how, you know, 10th game of the season, you've got a specific formula of what, what right. got you where you are. Biggest game of the year, and you throw it out in the first series. Like, it makes no sense to me. So, I mean, the team has played pretty well. We've beat some decent teams at home. I mean, NC State's turned out to be okay. I mean, USC is not a bad team, but. You know, Michigan State obviously got blown up today, so that looks great too. I mean, they're you know, however the schedule plays out toward the end of the year when how many ranked teams. But again, the, we've talked about this: the big, big games, those big marquee primetime games that we look for. Georgia didn't get it done. Bad game plan tonight. Didn't get it done. Bad game plan. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm I'm concerned about the rest of the year. Obviously, maybe not. Maybe who knows? Maybe can always do whatever. But hopefully, they'll bounce back and do that. But yeah. Stanford on the road. I don't trust this team on the road against a team that's any anything close to halfway decent. I mean, no, look, this, nor sh- nor should you. This at this, this point. game <laughs> shakes your confidence. That's what it is, man. Hey, we're gonna keep rolling. Thank you very much for the call. You're first in. Yeah. We absolutely appreciate it. Thanks a lot for listening. Yeah, stick no with problem. stick with us. We'll uh, we'll be here. I can't guarantee we'll have a great game plan, but we will be here. We'll show up at least. Yeah. Listen. I mean, we're. we're we may be wrong at times, but we're never going to lie to you. I mean, we're always going to tell you what we think. That's what Indie Fan Radio is. We encourage anybody that's listening to please call in. 
The call-in number is 714-409-0605, 714-409-0605. This is Indy Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast, part of the SB Nation family of blogs. Family of blogs. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, he's gone. He gone. All right. Next up, area code 931. Area code 931. You ready? Let's roll. Hello. Say hi. Nine three one. Is that him? I thought that was him. Sorry. No. Dude, is that me again? Oh, it is. I thought that was him. Damn no, you're done. Damn it, Jim. Here. I'm. A, I'm a podcaster, not a mechanic. Yeah, you right. Fucking rookie. Area oh code five zero nine. Get your life five zero nine niner. Let's go, gentlemen. Gentlemen, right, speak th- with you. Let's go. Thank you. Who's this? Hey guys, this is Joe. What's I'm up, from Joe? From Greenwood, Indiana. What's up, Joe? Uh, alumni. Alum- hey, how's it going? Pleasure oh, to talk to you. I found alum. you guys last we, uh, season. We, we bow down for the alums. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, not quite. Not quite. Uh, uh, my, my true uh, uh, 509, that's Eastern Washington. Okay. Um, I actually went to Gonzaga University, but. Yeah, I did uh, grad school at Notre Dame. Notre wow. Dame spent my whole life. But well, you're staying anyways, Catholic. That's that's good. Of last season, found you guys um, and shared pretty much 95% of your sentiments. Um, that 5% delta is cousin JJ. Where you guys go with burp. I go with scotch. Oh, oh scotch dude. over bourbon. Listen, right, listen. We can, we're, we're still in the same family <laughs> hey, here. Hey, if it's brown juice, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're in the same family. We fam. We fam here. I thought uh, I, I, I was really scared. I thought you were going to be like, the only thing is I really think we should be throwing more. No, I thought I was going to say your cousin JJ is a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah, that, that 5% is cousin cousin JJ. All right, so, okay, so let's let's start you off with the same question we ended with with Kevin here. Like, what, I mean, just in a sentence, that's not the only thing you get to say, but like in a sentence, what did this feel like when you watched this happening? Was this just like watching the car wreck? I was in shock. Were you like, I knew this was going to happen? How did you feel going in? And, and what was it just kind of in a nutshell for you? Absolutely. The When the game started, I my, my wife, you know, she's dealt with me the last couple seasons. These poor wives. Uh, How many bubble-wrapped wives are there out blood. there? <laughs> Waiting for a lamp to fly bless, at their head. Bless their bless their hearts. Yeah. One, I knew I had to tone it down when I threw my hat across the room one year. And <laughs> Damn cat, it! Like I this think was injured. Or fucking Kelly guy. The, uh, <laughs> the um, I turned to my wife at the beginning of the game. I'm like, you know, the last time we played in the stadium uh, was the 2013 uh, shenanigans. Oh god! And yeah. she just said, "Oh dear God." And that kind of sums it up for me because I'm like, all right, let's see. You know, they got this turnover chain. You know, the crowd was crowd came ready. The team came ready. I mean, hats off to Miami. They came to play. And I'm like, well, let's see if Notre Dame can stick to their running game, stick to the game plan. And if the game plan initially falls apart, can they evolve? Can they change? And can Brian Kelly and Notre Dame win a game of consequence? This is a game of consequence. Playoff on the line. You've got. Did we lose him? No, we might have. 
He gone. Yeah, sorry. You know, I, I'm interested. I, I wanted to ask him his hey, perspective. Call, which please call back. We call back. Some. We I, re- I really want to ask the alum. I mean, he talked about the crowd being ready. And, you know, obviously I've banged this drum many, many times. Have you ever? Notre Dame Stadium has never no, been l- like l- that. Hey, look, People l- got tall boys at Coors Light. I saw the beers in the crowd. L- uh, People l- were all, it was, they listen, were insane. Think about the Notre Dame Georgia game. And think about what lack of home field advantage there was. Yeah. And we we kind of excuse those those season ticket holders for saying, Hey, you're gonna make three grand on a selling a ticket. We don't fault you, right? right we right. don't. But then you look at Hard Rock Stadium, which I was so tempted. I was just waiting for the opportunity to tweet out something clever like this is Soft Rock Stadium. Yeah, or it everybody wasn't. left at halftime. It wasn't. That place was rocking Dude, from was, the get-go. They were up 30-plus. It was deep in the second half. And Miami got yet another turnover, and the crowd went in. They went crazy, and it was so deep into a 30-point margin. I mean, they stayed the whole time. It didn't look like anybody left. They were turned up the whole time. I couldn't believe it. The place was turned. I mean, so jealous. I was just so jealous of the environment, which we've harped on many, many times. But go ahead. Let's go. Where are you going next, here? Next up, area code 262. 262. 262. All right. This I don't is, know any of these. We used to no, know these. You used is, to know I, some I of these I think states. I know who this is. All right. Begins with an R and ends with an U. 262. Let's go. Is that true? Uh, wrong. I'm his brother. Yeah, <laughs> That's Ruth's brother. All right. Fair enough. Close enough, so I'm calling here from uh, Canada. This is just the second game this season that I've been able to watch from beginning to end. Oh, you picked a doozy. And I'm kind of regretting it. Yeah. Are you heartbroken that Chase Claypool did not get many touches in this game? (laughs) I just, oh, nothing went right. I mean... First of all, if you're calling from uh, Canada, are we paying for this? Like, is this like a fourteen dollar phone yeah, call? I called, what's, I called, hey, uh, what's the con- collect, what's the okay. conversion rate? Because I just spent forty dollars to get this damn blog talk radio live yeah. function. You know, okay, I've only so, been paid fifty dollars to do this fucking show the entire year, so I'm already ten dollars. All right, so. <laughs> So Rue, Rue number two, Patty here. Like, so you you've kind of you're dipping in and out. You've watched two games, so you have kind of like you That's haven't right, yeah. you haven't been strung along like the rest of us, right? The rest of us have been we've been getting the steady drip of Notre Dame has been mm-hmm. running running the ball all year, right? We're all walking around with the IV sure. all year long. We're, we're we're really being you know brought you know like we're addicted right to what's happening so as somebody who's just kind of dipping in and out you're probably watching games a little bit more objectively to be you know maybe that's a fair statement i mean were you were how shocked were you by the result just coming in saying hey what's the deal i'm looking at the numbers Notre Dame's eight and one this is supposed to be the big game it's appointment television for me um you know you got to read it in subtitles because you're in canada but even so like (laughs) <laughs> what, what 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 did you think when you saw this? I mean, were you just was it pure shock to you or what? It was uh, it was pretty shocking, and I and I thought um, the last time I actually caught Notre Dame on TV at all was the second half of the USC game, and <laughs> this was not the same team. It, it didn't resemble that team in any way. I mean, I remember the first play I saw of that USC game was that 70, 75 yard touchdown run up the middle to Josh Adams. And I saw the hole on that play and I'm like, I, I couldn't have gone 70, but I could have got, gotten a first down on that play. And there <laughs> yep. wasn't a hole all night. Yeah. I, I mean, the offensive line was, was manhandled the way USC's defensive line had been in that game. And I know you guys 
Um, I know tightness, you were talking about USC's front seven isn't that good and everything like that, but yeah. You know what? How great is Miami's to just dominate us the way they did? Well, look, I like I like the way you said that. I mean, you said this is not the same team, and you're talking about Notre Dame. I think when USC came in, everybody said, "Okay, right. maybe maybe USC is not the USC of yesteryear, and we're willing to deal with that." But I'm not mm-hmm. a, I'm not of the belief that USC and Miami are so far apart that we saw the same Notre Dame team in the two games. This is not what Notre Dame. This is not the product they've put on the field this year. Look, Miami's really good. The stadium was rocking. Miami has the attitude that Mm -hmm. Notre Dame could only hope to duplicate. Turn of a chain. Turn of a chain. Turn of a chain. Notre Dame is not on that level. Turn of a chain. Turn of a chain. Turn of a chain. When you just just look at like raw talent, coaching, all these things that Cousin JJ always said, there's not enough disparity between like Miami USC to say that Notre Dame was the same team. The reality is they didn't show up. I mean, and it was just really disheartening to, mm-hmm. to yeah. see that, you know. And the fact that you 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 took in two games and you saw the second half of USC and however much percentage of this game you saw, I mean, talk about night and day, right? Like, how, how are you dealing with the yin yang of the of those two games? I mean, it's just who knows what to believe, and which is I think where we all are right now, you know. Yeah, it's it's just um, you know I I uh, and another thing that kind of stuck out to me was the um, the defense really got worn down in the second half and I don't think we've seen that all year from what I've caught anyways it's always been you guys talk about time of possession even if Notre Dame isn't controlling that they're you know the the runs are not compiling against them they're not getting beaten down that looked like it was happening here I was actually. I thought the defense was okay in the first half, not great, uh, not terrible. They were playing on a short field all the time. But the second half, uh, Miami was running on them the way Josh Adams usually runs on people. That was a little disheartening. Yeah, with their quarterback. Hey, if you don't mind, I'm going to throw this question to to my brother here. You know, if you think about right. if you think about being duped by Notre Dame, what does that really mean? What that means to me is Brian Kelly reverts to the past from this wonderful rushing thing. But I got to mm-hmm, be honest, mm-hmm. the defense was getting run over. And so I'm going to throw it to my brother here real yes. quickly. Like, Wes, do you agree that, like, the defense didn't show up just as much as the offense didn't show up? I mean, the quarterback was – he was all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. It was, I, cr- it was really interesting to watch look, that Look, I mean, happen. anybody that was on Twitter probably saw Mike Elko's pregame speech, which was uh, had some clandestine recording. I'm not exactly sure how that all went down. But on Twitter, there was a mm-hmm. uh, there was a recording of Elko basically talking to the defense, which quite quite frankly said these fucking dudes are talking about turnover chains. We're talking about rings. And he used <laughs> some ex- expletives, which for me as a coach of a third and fourth grade team, I would love to be able to use the same language that he used with Notre Dame again, you know, with, with the kids, but I clearly, I I could not do that. That being said, Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought Notre Dame defense looked gassed. I thought they looked gassed from, from the, the from the jump. from the mm-hmm. very beginning. I thought they looked outmatched. I thought they were they were sending guys and leaving gaps that that Miami was clearly exploiting. Everybody that's ever said on Twitter, give Elko every dollar that he wants, pay him whatever he wants. I mean, look, I think the guys. I think he's a competent, uh, coherent. 
he's a vast departure from Brian Van Gorder. I mean, this guy can put a defense together at the same time. They did not look good from the very beginning. And we were so vulnerable. I mean, God, Miami went like screen, draw, draw, right up the field. They threw another quarterback draw. And I mean, it was so, it became predictable at some point. These QBs are just like fake pass, run straight up the middle for nine yards over and over and over again. It was so irritating. Mm -hmm. It was so irritating to me. Yeah, they they really. I listen. I I don't think that you can just chalk it up to Notre Dame coming out flat, which they did. But I uh-huh. think you also have to give absolute props to to Miami. They came out and they they exploited every single weakness that Everything. Notre Dame had, yeah. both on offense and defense. Notre Dame they've been soft. Right. Uh, they've been soft in the middle all year. They've been they've been weak against the pass all year. And Miami came out and just attacked both of those two things right from the get-go. And it was apparent and it was obvious from, yeah. from play one. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. It was it was pretty tactical. I mean, that's what it was. It was it listen, this was a mechanical dis- dismantling of Notre Dame's offense uh, of of Notre Dame, period. Yeah, the weakness. All right, well, Patty, we're going to move on here. You got any parting shots? Are you going to watch the last two, or are you like two games is enough for you? <laughs> well, I mean, this was pretty depressing. I will say I have watched more than two. It's just two from beginning in to entirety. End. Okay, gotcha. And I'm thinking maybe I'll I'll just tune in for the highlights the rest of the year. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure that's a bad idea. Yeah, I, I right. I, I think if you watch Navy, it. it's going to be kind of like putting some you know soothing balm on this wound. But Stanford, I don't know, man. <laughs> maybe maybe wait for the highlights. Hey, man, we appreciate the call. Thanks for thanks like for jumping Stanford in. On the road. I'm not I'm not right, disagreeing thanks, with you there. Folks. Thanks, man. All right, y'all. This is ND Fan Radio. International ND Fan Radio. <laughs> this is international ND. We have taken callers yeah. from that overseas. That putrid performance spans borders is yeah. what happened We've right taken there, right? Uh, ND Fan Radio on, Notre Dame is terrible. on Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Who would you rather cheer for, Miami or ISIS? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know... This is ND Fan Radio and One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. We appreciate everybody who is listening. We encourage you to call in. The number is 714-409-0605. I'll say it slower. 714-409-0605. Why don't you get somebody from our great state capital? Where's that? 317. 317. Let's go to 317. A little nap town, baby. Nap town. How's it going? You're on three one seven. Hello, hey, hey, how are you? Cheer, cheer for all those. Oh yes. All right, what's up, man? Yeah, listen. How we get on? Yeah, listen. All the fight songs in the world aren't going to bring me out of this funk I'm in tonight, man. So, what do you got? Um, I think there was a major beatdown. I think uh, very disappointing game. Um, I don't know how we're going to come back from this, though. I mean, we got Navy next week, and we got Stanford. You know, not sure how it's all going to go. I mean, like, I, I really thought that we were a better team than Miami. Well, and that's I mean, a- I read Miami boards all week, and they they really, like, we're saying, like, you know, we're not fast. 
you know, Josh Sam's not fast. Our defense sucks. We play a weak schedule. I thought we could do it, but, I mean, they totally exposed us. Well, listen, let me ask you this. Out of all the stuff you read, we're not fast. It looked true tonight. Josh Adams is not fast. It looked true tonight. I mean, I don't want to say I don't believe that our schedule sucks because I think the teams that we played are decent. But I mean, how much? Where do you think that they were wrong on the Miami message boards? Well, going into it, you know, they said we played a weak schedule. We didn't play anyone good, but you know, based on the strength of schedule, it looked like we did. You know. Um, but we were exposed, you know, I, I really was not expecting us to come out and not run power football. You know, every, we all know that they had speed and for the, us to beat them, we needed just to run down their throat. And did, did we do, did we do that? No, we didn't even try. I mean, we did. We one, didn't like, even try one play when everybody was amped up. It was like the first play of the game and all of a sudden they're throwing. And then, I mean, as soon as they get the ball back in like the second series, they're throwing like screens and down the line, and the the run game had no creativity. I mean, look, Josh Adams has produced an an amazing clip this year. Thirty three trucking, I get it, but the reality is he doesn't pop into the hole. That's the only knock you can make on this guy. He doesn't hit the hole fast, and they took so long to put another running back in this game. I mean, just to just to try something different, I was. I was blown away that they, they it switched, was Adams they, they only. Switch, they switched quarterbacks faster before than they, they did it, before they backs. got a, before they got one carry for another running back. I couldn't believe it. Jones Jr., Dexter Williams, give me somebody. I mean, Adams just didn't have it tonight. I hate to say that because of what he's meant to this team, but at some point you just got to look at what's happening on the field tonight. Adams did not have it, and it's not. It doesn't matter. It's not. It's not. He it doesn't mean he's a bad running back. We don't got to throw him to the you know, to the curb. Nothing we, like that. We don't need to turn all our 33 trucking hats in for no, refunds. Keep the hat. I'm just saying, he wasn't <laughs> the guy tonight. Keep the hat, right? So, I well, don't know. Well, let's be honest, guys. Though They weren't running power. They were they were running zone read. They were trying to run around the they, corner. They were yeah. running. What they need to do is, like, pound them down the throat. They didn't even try it. Yeah, you're right. They, 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 did, they, were they running, got stuffed up They the were running once. scared. They were running scared. Oh, to the edge, absolutely. That's if I mean, look, you know, this this game was so similar to the Georgia game plan, except for they didn't execute, you know, and they didn't play defense. So the score that Miami had was dramatically greater than what Georgia had against Notre Dame, but it's the passing and the the abandoning of the run or the, or just the lack of faith in it. I mean, they just didn't. You it could, it you, wasn't even abandoning. They never even like really committed to yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. They could. You could tell from the very get go they did not believe that they could run the ball, and they just didn't try to do it. And all right, so from Mike Frank's. Uh, podcast, Irish Sports Daily, he said, run the fucking ball down their throat, straight down their throat, over and over and over. They didn't even try it. They didn't even give it a go. They didn't even give it a go. Yeah. That's well, how you beat speed, is putting it down their throat. Well, and, you know, you I mean, no, I, I, I completely agree. And, look, it when you run the football to the level of commitment that Notre Dame has done this year, it's going to happen that there's going to be some times where you get stuffed. And that doesn't mean that you just stop everything and say, oh, that's some sort of, 
you know, that that's a commentary on our entire team or our entire ability to run the football. It doesn't mean that at all. Every once in a while, you're going to get stuffed. There's no problem there. But to me, it was so evident. When you look at Miami, they're doing the turnover chain thing, right? Everybody's kind of gotten sick of that because we've seen it so much. But look how it bared out. I mean, they they got the football based on interception, interception, pick six, and a strip sack of the quarterback. It was never because of the run game. I mean, Miami produced all these turnovers when Notre Dame was trying to do the exact thing that did not get them to where they were. I mean, that, I think that's yeah. the number one frustration, right? Did you right? notice that? Sorry. No, you go ahead. that Brian Kelly had that both headset on the entire night, and for the first, what, six games of the season, he did not have it on? Yeah, he yeah. He seems to have had an influence on his play calling. And we all know going into the game, what needed to be done. Run the frickin' ball down their throat. He did the exact opposite of that. Yeah. We got smoked. I think a lot of people have been questioning, you know, he's he's more on the headset, you know, and, and it just, again, I mean, the numbers have bared out. I understand they haven't played Miami just yet, but when Notre Dame is racking up hundreds and hundreds of yards rushing this year, to see him deviate from that or, you know, as you say, and I, I don't think you're wrong, they didn't even give it a shot. And when they did... It was it was cutesy running to the edge like you're gonna beat Miami. This is Miami. You think you're gonna beat them on the edge with speed? Why not use the big corn fed boys in the middle and run some power? I, I I completely agree. How do you beat speed? You beat speed. You negate speed by running them up the middle, power right. runs yep. between the tackles. You got a big six foot two running back that has the speed and the power to break some tackles. Well, but you don't even like try that. Yeah, the at good- all. The good news is one week from now, we're all going to be able to watch correct running form when the Notre Dame plays Navy. So. Oh, <laughs> oh, we, oh, Navy. Yeah. <laughs> it's all too late. They're going to show it to us. Yeah. So, all right, man. We appreciate I mean, the call. Thanks, dude. We're going to move on. Thanks, man. All right. Hey, you're listening to Indie Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast, part of the SB Nation family of blogs. So we appreciate everybody who's checking out the post-game show. We've not done one in two years. Yeah. The last one I remember is Notre Dame, Florida State. We were sitting on the other side of the basement here. I remember it vividly. It was not a good feeling, no. and nor is tonight Notre Dame. Is I'm sure we trudged through like Northwestern after that, and all these other games, right? Notre There's Dame Syracuse loses. And all this. Forty? What was it? Forty-one to eight. Oh my! Do you mind? God, well, how many carries and passes did they actually have? I don't know if you can bring that up. Why don't you get somebody else on the phone if you don't mind? Could you bring that up? I, I didn't. The, I got it right here. Perfect. Perfect. 36 runs, 27 passes. That doesn't even tell the story correctly. I mean, I get it. Josh Adams wasn't doing it. He got 16 carries. Ironically, that's probably pretty similar to what he got in some of his huge games because we noted last week that was the first game he got over 20. But, again, Jones Jr., two carries. I mean, McIntosh, one. Dexter, three. These guys have shown... Dexter had a couple 10-yard runs. Yeah, he's a little gampy, but still, Dexter Williams yeah. averaged over seven yards a carry. I mean, you can't be... At one point, I just thought, let's just that. cycle these guys in and just give it to the hot hand. Oh, what by the way, Homer, who Cousin JJ is making fun of, knocks down 150 yards with a long of 40. I yeah. mean, I don't know. Yeah, good Listen, night. Notre Dame was not prepared. They were not mm. ready to go. The stadium was rocking. Elko gave a sweet little speech, but... At the end of the day, when the opening kickoff happened, 
Hard Rock Stadium was hype. It was rocking. And Notre Dame, they looked, they, they did not look like they were locked in. They Listen, just did. They didn't. We had this exact same show when Notre Dame played Clemson. We talked about how Clemson was rocking. They, they ran down the hill. It was the exact same thing. Now, the thing is, Notre Dame actually snapped back to reality in the Clemson game and, the, made, and made it respectable. These, these Notre went, Dame never showed ga- up. This went like never. three and out, punt, get the ball back, almost picked, have one run, next play, actually picked. I, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, if you're like, they come back in, the announcer's like, surely they're not going to throw again. He, otherwise, he's going to get picked. He throws a fucking pick. I, I mean, mean it they're calling just, it. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was vanilla. It was, it was predictable. Jeez, it was, it was, it was grotesque. This was a sad, sad, sad game. And if you're a Notre Dame fan, you can't be pleased with this. And if you're a Brian Kelly hater, you're probably elated right now because you feel like you're vindicated if cousin jj was here he'd be he'd be ecstatic right i mean and that's not because cousin jj hates notre dame he loves notre dame but he is not a brian kelly fan and if you're not a brian kelly fan you feel vindicated after this game true or false no absolutely true and what did i say last week if notre dame loses it's because they will deviate from the mo i told you and not to mention i said hey unless they go on some turnover spree they turn the ball over four times they had four turnovers and miami's got 24 points off turnovers yeah unlike anything you've seen i said it's it. not if they, notre dame commits to the run as they have i said there's no way they lose like this let, and it's true let's take another caller let's do it do you want to go with this 509 here sure. 509 all right area code 509er let's go you there hey Hello? guys this is joe again What's up, Joe? <laughs> yeah, I think I got disconnected last time. I hate my phone. All right. Oh, no problem, man. Well, you got a final parting shot for us or what? Uh man, I just I just wanted to say that the um, again, just as you said, the team never showed up, and I'm glad you brought up the Clemson game because it's very reminiscent of that. The crowd just in the stadium just rocking. And the team is just, they just, they just, they look like they were walking around afraid or scared or I don't know what, or like, oh shoot, did we leave, you know, my mouthpiece on the bus? I mean, what's going on? I mean, you know, it's kind of like when Everett Golson would come to the sideline, he'd have this kind of like, Deer in the like headlights, shell shock. No, he's got the deer in the headlights, deer man. In the headlights look. Listen, yep. i i was at I was at a, a a friend's house for the first half of this game, and the cell connection was bad, and I was so frustrated because I was looking for a gif of deer in headlights, and I re- that was the only way I could sum up my emotion of the game, and I just wanted to tweet a picture of a deer in headlights, and I couldn't find it on my phone, and that was the most frustrating thing to me because I was like, that's exactly what they look like. I mean, to see offense, defense. Everybody just, you know, late to where they needed to be. You got guys in, in pass coverage that are absolutely late. The linemen had no push. Josh Adams looked like he was running through sludge. I mean, you name it, top down. Wimbush, don't even get me started. I mean, and then again, I mean, how frustrating is it to watch Alizé Mack? Okay, great, dude. It's your first catch since since August. You know what I mean? Like, get hype, dude. You know, and I'm, it's not a knock Tick, on him. He doesn't TikTok. He doesn't get thrown to a lot, you know. But it's like, why even celebrate when you when you catch the touchdown to to bring it within, you know, thirty? It, it was just all just 
every single person looked like they had, were jet lagged. I mean, every everybody. It was just it was crazy. So. Yeah, the the only person who at one point did not look like they had the deer in the headlights was Ian Book when he came in. However, I I have a disagreement, fundamental issue with him coming in at that point. Yeah, we had, had turned the ball over. Wimbush wasn't getting it done. But I'm, I started thinking more about it, and it was at halftime I realized, crap, this is a terrible decision to put Ian Book in. I really hope we put Wimbush in, and for two reasons. The main reason is Wimbush is more of a threat with his feet when the pass isn't open. Not that I'm reverting to the pass because I don't think that. I think we'd use more designed runs, et cetera. But to get prepared or geared up, you know, hyped up, you know, amped up with my own, you know, turnover chain here turnover uh, at chain. home turnover before chain. the game. <laughs> um, you know, I, I watched the 30 for 30 uh, Catholics versus convicts thing again. And the one thing that stuck out is during that game in the 88 season is when Miami uh, did a fake punt and it was, they failed. And Lou Holtz in the commentary, he made, the uh, notion that they had flinched, you know, they weren't doing the goofy trickster stuff. And it's like, okay, I understand that maybe you need to pull Wimbush aside and have coach Reese, maybe talk to him about his footwork or what have you. Coach Reese. But is, <laughs> is, is this something where, where we're flinching? Look, I think I think you bring up a, an excellent point, and I don't know if my brother watched any of the press conference, but Kelly made a comment to the effect of Brandon Wimbush is a quarterback that's quote unquote still developing in, in the post game show, um, something to that effect about how he was still working on his development. Um, this is a tough topic. I mean, to be honest, they're nine games in. The guys played nine American college football games. Um, how much development should really be remaining after that? Like, things move fast in college football. I understand as a first-year guy in terms of starting and playing, but you only when you have a four-year shelf life, 25% of your career has already kind of happened, if you will. I mean, there's no excuse to say the guy that we put out there is still developing. I mean, there's a way to say he could always improve. Yeah, we could all always improve, but the way Kelly termed that, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. You're, you're telling me we still have a developmental guy out there. And I, I disagree when you talk about the timing of, of benching him. The pass that he threw at, right before he got benched was directly to Miami. He could he had no touch on short passes. He was bulleting the ball oh, through people's hands. Even when they ran the screen, I said, this guy, we're running five-yard screen passes. Guys throwing them in the dirt. His the throws were horrible. It's, he, it's fucking over. He, he was turning. It wasn't just so much that he wasn't now, that that he was unproductive. Said, he, he deserved to be benched He could at that potentially moment. have a broken left hand. We don't even know. No, that's, that's true. But nevertheless, the, I mean, it was abysmal. It, it wasn't just the fact that he was ineffective. He was a lot ability because he was producing points for Miami. He deserved to be benched at that <laughs> he point. Was, he was yielding more points for the other team he than was. he was for Notre Dame. He totally and was. that's a fact. All right, let's take another caller. Yeah. Area right, code man, 516. Thanks. If you're on 516, let's go. Hello, ND Fan Radio. Hey, what's up, Hell, hey how's it going? Good, good. Who's yeah, this? I guess under the circumstances. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, here's your, here's yeah. your chance to emote. 
Listen, we've, What's up? we yeah, we've boiled it all down to like you got food in the cupboard, right? Like yeah. you're, you're like I'm not dead. I mean, you know, I'm still alive, but yeah. What do you think? Is it that bad? Is it like jump off a cliff time, or are you like, hey, this compared to last year? You know, I mean, how I'm curious on how people are chalking <laughs> this up because if you've if you listen to our podcast for any period of time, we were on the train. I think we were all kind of orienting ourselves toward, hey, this could be kind the of? time that, yeah, right. Yeah, like we were, we're fi- we were Fire Brian Kelly. <laughs> a year ago, we were fi- Fire Brian Kelly. One week ago, our our, our uh, absent co-host cousin JJ here said playoff or bust. So how how do you chalk this up? Are you like, you know, where what what's the one? I want everybody's like one sentence of where they stand before they go. So where are you at? Uh, I think duped was a good way to describe okay, it. When you were okay. Okay. It's feeling duped. That that's what yeah. everybody seems to you know, feel. I, I started thinking back to the first half of that BC game, where they put up they put up 14 in the first half, and they threw it seemingly, you know, 30 times in that first half. I'm sure it wasn't quite that much, but seemingly it was like 30 times. It was you know classic Brian Kelly offense, not really working, not doing anything, and then the second half, when he kind of realized he didn't have a passer. He started running the ball more, and that's when they started scoring. And then they go on, you know, streak, winning games, running the football. Um, and then you see against USC and NC State, the pass starting to be much more effective, you know, just in in opportunities that are created by the run. Then last week against Wake Forest, kind of reverts again back to classic Brian Kelly, throwing the ball way too much. Um, and then I think we saw that again tonight, like especially on the very first drive of the game, you get the ball at the 35-yard line. Um, yeah, down on the 35 and first pass, good play call. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Wimbush over, overthrows them and then they, they run two more passes and they end up having a punt from the opposing 35 yard line. You know, just run the ball. Yeah. Run the ball. When you, maybe you get an opportunity to kick a field goal. Right. Or four down territory. When, you know, when, instead you're punting from the 35. Yeah. When you talk about being duped, do you feel like Kelly has, we mentioned this last week. Do you feel like Kelly was secretly harboring a deep, dark desire to throw the ball and he was just waiting for his moment and then he thought, hey, I'll just mix it up? Or do you think this was panic? Like, was this panic that Kelly was I like, think, I'm, I, I, I don't I believe that of, this got us here or what? I think he saw Wimbush developing as a passer and he was like, okay, now I can start throwing it more. Yeah. You know, I think that was yeah. that was kind of his desire. But I also, you know, I think combination of the two though because there had to, there had to have been some panic in there because you know what is what got them there run the ball off the middle how many times did they run the ball off the middle the entire game five I, maybe I, I, if i can if i may I, it's at the, it, there's a yeah. reality that at some point i mean listen i am irish tightness i am hashtag rtdb i am one of the hugest proponents of running the ball but there's a there's a point in time when you're down 27 34 whatever the hell it is nothing you know you're like fuck it man you have, you have to throw you gotta throw it i sure. get no, that no, yeah, yeah it was like abandon all hope ye rtd beers i get that i totally get that but i'm with you man it's like you know the the, the what got us here was non-existent tonight. It didn't even exist. It wasn't even a. It was almost an afterthought. This yeah. we there's a Heisman Trophy candidate. There's a guy that Notre Dame is making shitloads of money on with their 33 trucking <clears throat> campaign and selling hats and all this goofy shit. 
and that there you wouldn't have even known it watching the game tonight. Yeah, and you know you've seen you've seen McGlinchey struggle a lot with speed off the edge. So why are you running it off the edge to a fast defense? You know, run it up the middle. You know, the, it felt like every time they're running the ball, they're running off the edge, which they tried to do against Georgia. Which is with Georgia. You nailed yeah. it. It's exactly what they fucking did against Georgia. You, you know, nailed it. One you of the, nailed it. Yeah, and I think I think another way to say that would be this felt like Notre Dame, to be fair, I feel like Notre Dame showed up and at least at the very, very beginning, they said, okay, we'll try to run. But it feels like Notre Dame didn't. There didn't, was a half-hearted attempt. That was well, half-assed. Not, not that only was that. Half-assed. Not only that, but it looks like they didn't watch Miami film at all. Like Notre Dame didn't say because so and so Quarterman is so fast. Like let's not go that way, right? Like it's like no, none of Notre Dame's. It's like they they scouted Miami in the blind. It's like they never even saw him or knew. And the same thing with Georgia. Like how are you surprised? that somebody from the ACC touting all this speed has a fast edge rusher. Why is that such a shock to you? And you know what? When you look at this game, there were so many turnovers that could have been. There were so many times that Winbush was saved. There were so many turnovers that were. That were, for sure. But there were a couple also where Winbush was saved by a guardian angel because somebody was coming hot off the edge. And it was like, this could have been. And and to the line's credit, they they saved him from like death. But you know what? There were some. There were many plays in this game that could have been really like it could have been way worse, and it just felt like Notre Dame didn't mm-hmm. have anything ready for Miami. Not like forget the fact they weren't it ready felt to play. Like they almost played right into their strengths. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, this Miami was the most known for having a great they, they, secondary is it, and a is lot it, of speed off the edge. Is it fair to say that Notre Dame was out coached tonight? Oh, geez, give me a break. This is like Miami <laughs> had their playbook. This is like Miami had a guy in Notre Dame's meetings. They may, they may have with the with the scouting they you did know, on Elko's on Elko's pregame speech. They might have had cameras on them the absolutely. whole time. Absolutely, I'm ready to say that Miami had an inside man on Notre Dame's meetings this week. I mean, that was the only explanation. The way that their quarterback ran, the way they found things, the way I mean, that's the only explanation I have for Notre Dame breaking down on offense and defense. It'd be one thing if Brian Kelly reverted and we say we've seen this before, but at least the defense held and made it respectable, right? That's honestly what I thought that, would have happened. And everything no, fell no, listen, apart. Listen, and that's the thing. We'll go back to the caller here and we'll let him respond. It wasn't just that Brian Ke- that the offense appeared to have reverted to Brian Kelly 1.0 because it looked very Brian Kelly 1.0-ish on offense. But the reality is the defense, for half the game at least, looked like BVG. This looked like BVG shit, and which is extremely frightening. No, absolutely. I think, you know, you go back to the very first – Miami's very first offensive play. It was missed tackle um, for – it would have been like an extra like 15 yards after where he caught the football, but luckily he stepped out of bounds. They are missing tackles all night long. Um, Roser, what was it? Probably five or six successful quarterback draws before they finally finally put a spy in against oh them. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah I mean insane. he was cutting them up, dude. He was cutting them up, and you know what? And here's here's the frustrating thing: Miami went to what what I would call a fifth grade football offense. As soon as they got that play where, where like he was he was cutting them up, they ran that QB draw time and time and time again. At, they at scored least three, five, at least they scored five three times. touchdowns on the play. I mean, it was just like. We're gonna do this play until we until you stop us. And Notre Dame couldn't even stop it. It wasn't so much tackling; it was just the fact that the Miami guys were in places where Notre Dame couldn't even get to them. You know, I don't feel like Notre Dame got torched in the air here, but it was just it it was I don't know. It was certainly frustrating. 
Yeah, I mean, put a spy on the guy. You know, how many times do you need to see it before you put a spy on him? Yeah. You know, you need to let it get to twenty-seven nothing, and then all right, now now we'll have something to spy on. Yeah. Well, thanks for the call, man. You had some great points. We definitely appreciate it. Hopefully, you keep listening. You know, j- look, just because we're out of the playoff doesn't mean we're not going to podcast. So stick with us. We appreciate it. <laughs> we'll be around. We'll still be that around. Might mean that. I don't hey, <laughs> listen. This is Indie Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast, part of the SB Nation family of blogs. We've not done a live show in close to two years. We appreciate everybody who's listening live. We appreciate every caller. If you'd like to call in and get your opinion heard, we welcome that. The number is 714-409-0605-714-409-0605. Got about a half hour left here, 35 minutes. We're going to keep taking callers all the way up until the final whistle. We will compete until the end. Unlike the Fighting Irish, who lost forty-one to eight, it was a bloodletting. It was a fucking massacre. Did you like when you when you got to halftime? No, I had the. I I knew I was going to watch it because we had to do the show. But I I had a thought. Look, I have to go watch like a loved one take their final breath. I mean, that's how I felt. I mean, I go visit grandma's grave, throw some flowers down. Okay, come back. Let's go to the caller because I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask in a different way. Who go you ahead. Want, you want? I got eight three two or three three zero. You pick three three zero. I that, like that. I believe three three zero is Columbus, Ohio. I could right. be wrong. Three three zero. You ready? What's up, guys? Who's this? This Tim from Northeast Ohio. Yep. You know, I, I love the podcast, and I agree with about ninety five percent of what you guys say. Oh, so you drink but scotch? Five percent. <laughs> Are you a scotch drinker? <laughs> no. No, but the 5% is the running game, and I think our running game is vastly overrated because the teams we run against, the defense usually stinks. You know, we played three good defenses, Georgia, Michigan State, and today against Miami, and we couldn't do anything. You know, they, there was a comment on Twitter or in the post game or something, or they quote of Mark Rick, he said that he could hear the chatter in his headphones that the defense knew what our offense was going to do. Yeah. And we were running that we we're running that slow read option against a fast defense, so and slow. the guy we're reading is making the tackle. You, you know, I, I, I just, I just, it was. We, we, listen, we, it was we, like you need to go pistol. You need to go something a quick hitter. You need something other than a delayed handoff. Which Miami was shooting a gap, and they already have a guy that are tackling. To me, to me, thank you, Tim, very much for bringing this topic. To me, this is one of the most interesting aspects of what has happened to Notre Dame this year. And I particularly highlight a team that you did not mention, which statistically actually had one of the best rush defenses coming in against Notre Dame, which was NC State. And I mentioned on the week before NC State that Notre Dame could tell them, you know. In advance, this is how we're going to run, and we're still going to be able to do it, and they did. But the point you make is the the teams that you mentioned have the speed. They have the edge speed. They have the speed throughout the defense. And Notre Dame being able to, like, you know, telegraph, if you will, what their running thing is, that works against Temple. It works against BC. And surprisingly to a lot of people, it worked against USC and NC State. But these teams with this kind of speed, it's just a different type of element. And Notre Dame did not. Georgia. They didn't bring the creativity to adjust. Georgia and Miami, they're different animals. Right. And I think Michigan State really really just played up. I don't know if I'm ready to put Michigan State in that bucket, but that's a conversation for another day. I think they played up. But Georgia and Miami, you, you have it pegged here, man. 
the speed that they have, and I'm not just talking about the you know the whole cliche SEC. I'm talking about the edge speed. We're doing this long plotting. Josh Adams is waiting and calculating down the down the down the line of scrimmage. Dude, that was not happening tonight. It was just, it just wasn't there. NC State gave up like 290 today on the ground, but I I, I know what you're saying. But you know, I I thought um, Williams Dexter Williams should have been in. I I think he's yeah. a better running yep. back than Adams. Yep. Adams is more north and south. But when that hole's not there, he can bounce. He can cut. Yep. But maybe he's still battling an injury. But yep. I, I think Notre Dame, you know, I thought if they won today, I thought Stanford would beat him at the end just because I'm so used to Brian Kelly not winning, it, you know, <laughs> not finishing. And I love it. You're, I, jade, I you're jaded little, just like us. Little, yeah. <laughs> I love it. But he's, he's terrible. Like, I, I would have, if I was the – if I was Swarbrick, I would have fired him right on the right – <laughs> right Well, that would – Lane Kiffin. That wouldn't have made you Swarbrick. I mean, they're going to go to a bowl game and get their heads kicked in. Yeah, that wouldn't have made you Swarbrick. That would have just meant if you were the AD. That's what you mean to say, because as we've mentioned oh, yeah, on the show, you know, as we mentioned on this show, Swarbrick said that 2015 was like coaching sent from God, you know, something like that. But you know, it's interesting you talk about it that way. This is this was Notre Dame, so, you know, showing that. And, and again, the, the point about Dexter Williams is an important one. I hate to use this terminology. I think it's more of an NFL thing, but I think it's kind of true with Josh Adams. When the system is working, the running system is working, Josh Adams is very formulaic. He will follow all the protocols. He will do everything very textbook. And when the hole is there, Josh Adams is guaranteed to be there in the hole as designed. What Josh Adams won't do is create anything really organically. He's not going to do anything that's dynamic on his own. That's what Dexter Williams is going to do. And I just thought it took way, way, way too long to see a number in the backfield other than 33. I hate to say that because of what Josh Adams has meant to this team. But did you agree that, like, were you just dying to see another running back at some point when it wasn't working for Adams? Yeah, and I think all this 33 trucking, get in the Heisman, has really upped his carries. You know, they try to pad his stats a little bit. They, you know, it wasn't that way the first five games. You know, they rotated and. You know, they bring in Jones, and they throw passes to him out of the backfield. But, yeah, I, I think I think uh, Williams has more upside. And, and I like Josh Adams. I mean, I mean, not to take anything away from him, I just think Williams is a better back. Well, I, I think they're different. I can't even say that Williams is a better back. They are different. But Williams is a great complement to what Josh, Josh Adams does. And in, in certain games, Georgia and this game particularly, if Adams isn't getting it done, you got to go to the other guy quick, man. I mean, Dexter Williams has the speed that Miami defense has. He's the same level of speed that the, the defenders from Miami has. Yeah. And, and it shouldn't have taken until fourth, the beginning of the fourth quarter to play that. It's the same thing as putting Book in for Wimbush. Look, Wimbush has, has done so much to get Notre Dame where they are, but he's done so much with his legs. There was a point when you get down by 27, you got to put somebody in that's not going to freak out. You got to put somebody in; they can actually make a couple passes. And to, in my mind, you know, before before a huge screw up, Ian Book is that guy. Like he was much more calm in the pocket, and he's making passes. So it's not the fact that it's better or worse; it's just different. And I think we've chalked up Dexter Williams this year as the X factor guy, the dynamic guy, you know, the cutter. And Adams is just the guy that can capitalize when the system is working. But if the system breaks down, 
You need yeah, somebody that's look, an escape I mean, artist. And look, the offensive line did not have a great game no. this game. Hey, Tim, we're we're gonna let you go, man. We appreciate your call. Um, but I, I okay. yeah, hey, thank you very much for calling Indy Fan Radio. But I think to his point, I mean, the same thing. It's like the line didn't have a great game. Was they, there a bigger letdown to you than the O line in this game? No, that was the biggest letdown. That, that was it, and and really coupled with like the defensive line slash linebackers. I mean, yeah. every, yeah. every for being honest, everybody got torched. Everybody got the torched. only spark of life I saw. Did, I, I mean, you tell me who was the spark of light. Listen. You saw? The, here, the only spark I saw was late in the third quarter. I felt like the defense finally came, but that's because Miami let off the I, gas. I, I wrote that's down, the only thing I, I saw. I wrote down a note to myself. I said, who who came ready to play today? Who were who the people that I think Tavon Coney. Tavon yeah. Coney was yeah. the only person that I saw that I think came ready to play today. Otherwise, it's Tyler a, Newsom. I maybe. mean, he, dude came to play. And, and, caught it and, and Newsom it. is like a A-bomb or a shank. I mean, he's an A-bomb or shank guy. Yeah. And luckily, he had A-bombs on his on, You on came today. to play. Dude didn't, dude didn't even see the field. All right. Listen, we got uh, this is Andy Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast, part of the SB Nation family of blogs. We appreciate everybody who's listening tonight. Please call in. The number is 714-409-0605. we got a handful of callers left on deck. we got about a half an hour to go, and we want to hear from you. That's what Indy Fan Radio is about. The next caller we're going to is area code 832. 832. 832. Let's go. You there? Yeah, what's going on? It's Tom. it's Tom from Houston. Tom from Houston. How you living, my man? Oh man, Jack Daniels is not cutting it. I can tell you that. Right hey, <laughs> listen, are you are you a fan? Of, are you a fan of the Lastros? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Hey, they had nice. I take a lot of crap for being ND fans out here, even with with all my flags outside. But you know, hey, good for we'll, you. We'll, we'll see what happens. But do we have to? See any more and hear any more from ESPN about these damn chains that they gotta wear? Uh, I, no. I, I, I just want to melt those damn things. Turn of a chain, turn of a chain, turn of a chain, turn of. Listen, a... my daughter, I got a, I got an eleven-year-old daughter. She's like, Dad, let's play the turnover chain song again. Uh, I'm like, No, let's not. And I failed <laughs> as a parent. Yeah. Let's let, let's not let's not do that. And then <laughs> and, and another thing that drove me nuts tonight was the, the field position, uh, field uh, position, like. They were just doing these chunk plays, and it was just like ten yards here, fifteen yards there. Like it was just driving me crazy. Listen, every I, I couldn't believe it. You're every time I looked at the screen. Oh, look, I watched the second half with my wife, and she and she was kind of falling asleep. We had gone to a party. She was pretty tired. She's fall, she wakes up and she goes, "How does Miami still have the ball?" She's like, "They've had the ball for like ten minutes. I don't know what time of possession was, but I feel like Miami had the ball the whole game, and they were in the inside the fifty going in." You know, and yeah, the turnovers were huge. Some of them were absolutely backbreaking. But you make a great point. The field position in this game did not do Notre Dame any favors. I mean, it made bad worse. Notre Dame was deep in their own in their own territory many times. In Miami, two plays into a drive, was on the thirty going in. The, here, here's what I felt like was happening, and you can tell me if you felt the same. This is what Notre Dame's opponents probably felt like this year, right? I mean. This, the big plays, the chunk plays, this has to be what what ND opponents have felt like. Yeah, absolutely. I have to I have to agree with you, and it's just it was kind of surprising. I you know like uh, I felt everything kind of shattered after like the uh, even the first quarter, 
And, you know, this whole thing with, you know, with these turnovers and stuff, some of these turnovers, I had to make sure when the helmet came off, it wasn't Golson under there. You know, I was just like, what's going on here? Yeah. We, we, we appreciate all Golson references, by the way. <laughs> oh, shit. And, and, you know, and, and then, you know, Brian Kelly is talking about it's a work in progress, nine, nine games. What did Kaiser do in his first nine games? I understand the different supporting cast, but come on. It's like, it's ridiculous. And then uh, running back that hasn't been mentioned yet is, you know, who had a great game last game was Deion McIntyre. Absolutely. Yeah. The hell was he? You're not yeah, wrong. No, no, you're, you could totally. You nailed it. No, keep he going. Totally bruised up. He could have bruised. He could have bruised up that defensive line and made made more room for the the lighter backs. You know. Yeah. Not to mention his brothers on the D line, right? Like you give at least the guy has a has an emotional draw hey. into why he might uh, actually I mean, want to play. All, all, all he did was rack rack up seven yards of carry. I guess that sucks. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I just feel, and then ESPN was nice enough to give him. ESPN was nice enough to give him an honorable mention at the end of the game about him and his brother. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, I tell you, like, look, the, to me, again, we've talked about how the Josh Adams has all this inertia behind him, and people are pushing for the Heisman. But it's, it's, there's no shame in the fact that it's just not a particular guy's night. Notre Dame, even though Josh Adams has been one of the most amazing running backs that Notre Dame has seen statistically, and he has the long runs. Those long runs are not cutting and breaking tackles. They are when the schematically the blocking opens they're, up the they're, floodgates, they're, listen, and he they're, they're he, a function. He can break they're it. a function of McGlinchey and Nelson. And there's nothing wrong with that. But Notre Dame still kind of has a stable of running backs, and I just don't think it would have been that bad to see a couple of these other guys out there earlier for a spark. I mean, it's like the only reason Ian Book got on the field is because you know Wimbush really. He got benched, like he, and I think that that was the right decision. But some of these running backs, there's nothing wrong with spelling these guys. I mean, I just, I'm not saying Notre Dame would have won the game, but I don't know if it was 41 to eight. If you saw some, some D Mac out there, some Jones Jr. a little bit more. I like, Dexter I like Williams. the D Mac. I like the name. Does anybody else say D Mac? I've been saying yeah, that. Yeah, baby. All right, I'll let's go. It, so, all right, back to Tom. Sorry, man. We're we're deviating here, but. It's okay, man. We're, we're, we're all feeling it together. I, I, I gotta say, like, and my, my wife was scared to death of me today because normally I'm yelling and whatever. These She's poor like, wives. Down here. Are you are you alive? Yeah. <laughs> I, I really want everybody to tweet, like, tweet, please tweet at Andy Fan Radio a picture of your wife, like, encased in bubble wrap, wrapped in pillows, hiding under a a, a, a coffee table. Hey, speaking to Andy afraid, Fan Radio, afraid of I'd, your rage. I'd love to wish a happy anniversary to my wife. This is our 12-year oh. anniversary tomorrow. Today, now that it's after midnight. That's magical. Happy you, were, you were wed on a Notre Dame Navy victory, weren't you? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. I don't know. Okay, so let's let's move forward. I mean, I, I hate to, like, do you think Notre Dame just wins out now? I mean, what do you, what do you think? What, think? What do you do with I, the rest I, personally, of the season? Personally, Tom, you, as, you as go, a but I, I, I believe they're on, they're on shaky ground. I, I So, I think. I think with what's gone on, what I've seen in front of me, I, I think they'll time. they'll win against Navy, but I think they're going to stumble against Stanford, especially with, if Love runs the way he does. And because uh, the defensive line, the way I saw today, how Miami was running the football, you know, I, I, I can't I can't help but think that Love's going to run, you know, one fifty to one seventy five on us. Look, and it, maybe two or three touchdowns. Unfortunately, it, it's so crazy to think, but I think that if Notre Dame plays the game they did tonight, I think both of the teams remaining could beat them. If Notre Dame plays the games that they've done already this season, I think they have no problem winning out the last two. But I tell you, if they show up like they did tonight, Stanford will beat them. 
There's no doubt about that. I think they got more in them. I hopefully they will rebound. They're not going to do but this. But then again, again, you know what? I saw what they did against Wake Forest, and I said, "Hey, I think this is a blessing in disguise." I think Elko takes this Wake Forest game and he turns it into some positive and remotivates the guys. And that sure as shit was nothing not, was like that. not the scenario tonight. N- nothing like All that. Right, happened. Let's try to get five more callers in here before the end of the show. This is Indy Fan Radio and One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast, part of the SB Nation family of blogs. I am Irish Tightness. At Irish Tightness on Twitter, my brother, Andy McFly, at Andy McFly. We love talking to you. This is Andy Fan Radio. This is what Andy Fan Radio is about. It's the, it's the fans. It's the calls. We love you. We want to keep doing it. Let's try to squeeze some more folks in here. You pick a number right here. You, you're, you're looking at him. Go 740. Who's that? 740 area code. 740. Let's 740? go. Get it on. Oh, hey. How you guys doing? Hey, hey we're doing great. Up? Hey, what's up? Who's uh, it? Who's this? Uh, this is uh, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Ryan from Eastern Ohio. Eastern Ohio. Let's go. This is, this is it. Oh, this is like the worst I felt probably since uh, the Clemson game. Uh, this, this is really bad. That's a fair yeah. statement. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Worst since Clemson. Okay. 2015. I, I think the most disappointing part about tonight is that you look up the yardage that uh, – Miami gave up to North Carolina. Yard points. To Georgia Tech, to Duke. And then we only mustered what? Like, it was in the 200s, right? Two, 260. I think it was 260, and Miami had 370, I, I believe. My brother just had it on yeah, the screen I mean, here. I mean, North Carolina got almost, they got what, like 450 again? Right. So that was disappointing. Look, man, you make a great so, point. I mean, I mean look, w- when we talked about Miami coming into this game, I understand they were eight. No, I understand they were ranked seventh in the country. I get it. However, if you looked at some of their games, to your point, they gave up a lot of yards. They won very, very close games. Here's the sad thing: this has to be far and away Miami's biggest margin of victory this year. Yeah. Against the number three team in yeah, the country, by they're a sque- mile. They're squeaking by North Carolina. You know, they're they're beating these other teams by five, by four. And then now look, this this game was a product of hype and Miami fed they, they put that hype directly into the vein. And Notre Dame did not. Is, Ryan, can I Oh, oh for sure. If it, I if, it helps if, if I can home. chime in here and just ask a, a little bit more of a macro question, just about Brian Kelly in general, because you know, I feel like so much that bad that happened last year turned around this year. They're running the ball. They've got these great game plans. Everybody's feeling good. It's all hunky dory. But this was this is a dude. This is a blowout. I mean, Notre Dame got run. Oh, this is bad. They got run out of the gym. I mean, they got beat by thirty plus points. They got smoked. I mean, does that hit the reset button on everything you thought about the transition from four and eight last year to eight and one this year? I mean, how do you how do you size that up? It's you know, uh, we, we I mean they've done a lot of good this year. You can't discount that. I mean, we've beaten good teams too. I mean, shit, USC is going to end up. I mean, USC is going to end up in the top ten after this week. Probably. They're going to be a top yeah. ten team. No, you're right. You know, but it's, I mean, but, but shit, man, this, this sucks. I mean, this fucking sucks. I mean, is, Losing like that. is it fair that to say team. that, is it fair to say that Notre Dame did not show up against Georgia or they did, but like, I feel like the, USC, listen, they showed USC up was, Georgia. This was, but this game was a 
uh, was a pant sh- this was a bed shitting they shit oh. the bed yeah. dog like i Oh, I feel oh, like there, USC. There is, shit, there is shit all over the game. <laughs> I there feel like is shit, there is shit all over the place. USC, <laughs> don't you think that USC? US, uh, look, let's 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 take a concept that we talked about earlier this year: games of consequence. I think to be fair, when we chalk up games of consequence as they happened, Notre Dame has had three this year, as I see it. I think they've had Georgia, USC, and Miami. These are the three games that matter. I'm, I'm going to dismiss Michigan State currently, even though they're ranked at the time. I get it. I think the games of consequence oh, were State's trash. Right. Well, look what happened today. I mean, that that did us no favors. Yeah. But games yeah. of consequence, I think, at the time were, were Georgia, USC, and Miami. And the only one, you know, I hate to make my cousin right here, but Notre Dame did not look good against Georgia. And if Georgia had more of their offensive, you know, plan together, it, it, it could have maybe looked more like this game. Miami, obviously, we saw what happened. The only time Notre Dame was able to do it was against USC. That warms the heart of a lot of Notre Dame fans because it's such a big rivalry. But when we talk about games of consequence, I can hear cousin JJ, even though he's not here. Brian Kelly was one in three in games that mattered this year. I can hear him saying it. I mean, and he's not wrong. He's right? not wrong. He's and not that's wrong. the part that sucks. Oh, that's worse than losing this game. Is that cousin JJ is not wrong? <laughs> that's worse than this game. That's so very true. I mean, I mean, also if you look at uh, if you look at uh, BK's. Uh, like, like his record in big games. I mean, not man, it ain't good. Oof, it's yeah. not good. It ain't it's good. good. Well, uh, look, and, and, and it ain't good at here, all. here's the thing. Cousin JJ broke that down for us painfully. He talked about his his record in in big games, but I, I'd like to go a little bit more um, just generic. As a fan, when you see game day, when you see eight o'clock kickoff, when you see ABC. Right, and you see all the stadium going crazy. I mean, as a Notre Dame fan, it it makes your stomach drop. Right? Am I wrong there? Like when you go to that Clemson game, all of a sudden you're like, "This is not good." The Florida State game in 2014, they they're just they're not able to steal one on the road in well, this type of and, environment. And and, and and you you tell me, I yeah, mean, at look, this point, you're correct. Yeah. No, nah, look, I, I mean, mean this. Bad. Hey, look, it, listen. You know, if for anybody that, that's unfamiliar, if you follow me on Twitter at Irish Tightness and you don't recognize the hashtag Death Bucket, <laughs> just to give you a quick background, you know this the Alabama Death Bucket. I killed probably fifty chipmunks in a year by putting a five gallon pail out with some with some uh, with some sunflower seeds in it and, and a and a. <laughs> landscape tube running up to it and the whole point of the death bucket was these stupid ass chipmunks don't even realize that there's a bucket of water here they they see these they see <laughs> they see these sunflower seeds and they think there's food there they're all happy and they walk in and they dunk themselves and they drown that was the chipmunk death bucket that was the parallel that we drew with the Alabama death bucket. When Notre Dame played Alabama in the national championship, we called it the death bucket game because all these stupid Notre Dame fans walked into this game we thinking, have a great defense. hey, we've got, we're only giving up 12 points a game. We have some great chance against Alabama. And we walk up that tube just like these stupid-ass chipmunks walk up this tube and we dunk ourselves in a 
five-gallon bucket full of water and we drown like morons because we're completely oblivious to what's going on. We are we are sheep. We are we are stupid and we're oblivious. That was the Alabama death bucket, and I swear to God, watching this game, this game was a death bucket game. We walked into this game thinking we had a chance and we got dunked. Am I wrong? No. Sadly or not. Look, yeah, no. Ooh, this is bad. <laughs> I, I, I think that here, here, I'm telling you, I'm thinking about the games where Notre Dame has gone on the road or neutral in a hostile environment. Alabama 2012, we know that. I'm thinking about oh. Michigan, the Michigan game with all the pom-poms, like all these environments where, yeah. where Notre Dame goes on the road. And look, I'm not saying that the easiest thing in the world is to go on the road with a ranked opponent that's undefeated. I mean, let's be honest here. This, not, Miami's a good team. But I'm not. the fact is, why does Notre Dame look like they don't even want to be playing football? Like, I don't understand it. I, I, I'm so sick of watching opposing teams. I, I, I have this, vi- this nightmare of Dabo Sweeney dancing and jumping. Yeah, okay, Brian Kelly did one dance after we beat Temple. Good on you. I appreciate it. Dabo Sweeney. These guys are jumping, bumping each other. They're going crazy. The chain, the crowd, all of it. Notre Dame c- cannot get to that level. They absolutely cannot do it. Notre Dame oh. likes to play football casually at 3.30 in the afternoon in South Bend, Indiana. That's how they want to play. They don't get up at night. They don't get hype. They don't have swag. You know, and whatever you want to, you know, however you want to justify that with what the team is supposed to be and the image and the brand for, you know, whatever. But but the emotional disparity between these two teams, even before it was way out of hand, when it was 0-0, the emotional disparity was was so noticeable, and I'm so sick of watching that. Forget coaching, forget execution. I'm just sick of watching the other team look excited to play football, and Notre Dame looks like they're they're in algebra. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, only uh, we've only had one big road win probably during the uh, Brian Kelly era against Oklahoma yep. in twelve. I mean, and that was it. I mean, that's it. Yeah, like road wins, big I, road wins. It almost makes me want to go back to the I mean, Oklahoma I mean, game. I mean, Michigan State, I mean, Michigan State, but Michigan State is Michigan State. They're not, you know, an upper echelon team ever yeah. in, in my mind. So, uh, it's just frustrating. Like, tonight was so frustrating. Well, look, there's no silver bullet tonight. There's no better way to say it than what you just said. It's frustrating, and it was tonight. <laughs> Those two things are true. It was tonight, yeah. and it was frustrating. We thank, thank you for the call, dude. We totally appreciate you guys listening out there and calling in. It's super late. Anybody that's on Eastern time, man, it's... It's almost 1.30. This is Indy Fan Radio. We don't give a fuck. This is in... We're doing it, man. This we're is doing Indy it Fan because radio we love Notre Dame and dark. we love radio. Indy Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. Thank you for everybody who's been listening live. This is a rare treat for you. We don't do live shows very often. It's been two years since we've gone live, but we're here tonight on the Miami weekend... We don't do it live because you can't handle the swings. It's the like number rounders. is 714-409-0605, Got a couple callers queued up still. We want to talk to you. Handful of minutes left. Let's get after it. McFly, pick a number. 469. Area code 469. 469. Let's ready? get after it. Let's go. ND Fan Radio. Holla. Hey, who's this? 
Hey, it's Henry Lang from uh, Dallas, Texas. What's up, and Henry? I'm How you 100%. living, man? How you doing, dude? I am 100%, 100% disappointed, as always, <laughs> yes. on a big Saturday night when we're on NBC. Yeah. We've gone one and four in college game day, like hosted games, since mm. uh, our championship round in 12, which, you know, how that ended. Uh, wait a minute, forward, wait a minute, wait a minute. That we can beat. Wait, yeah. wait. We've been on game day four times since 2012. Is that true? Uh, or five, five times? Florida State, Clemson. Yeah. Okay. Florida State, Clemson, Florida Miami. State, Clemson. Oh, the only one we won was Temple. You know, that one that was just, they had nothing else to show. So. <laughs> game, game day was at yeah, Temple? Yeah. There ain't shit else going on? Yeah, Might as well. Might as well. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember that one, but yeah, okay. Was it like a? It was like a satellite yeah, it was like crew. Halloween or? night, twenty fifteen. Okay. Sorry, did, didn't mean to yeah, disrupt. Uh, okay, so you're a hundred percent disappointed. So is this? Uh, look, we only have a few minutes left, so I I gotta kind of force you into the pressure cooker here. I hate to do this, but like if you, if you, no ha- if you have the big button in front of you, man, is this is this like change time or you're like, look, Notre Dame really improved from last year. Everybody calm down. Are you like walk back from the ledge or are you like wish you would the, step hit, back from that the ledge, button. my friend? Is it time to change uh, some people in the administration here or what do you think about this thing? I mean, I'd love to see a change. We keep uh, going through new coordinators and stuff. The only constant in every embarrassing win or every embarrassing loss that we've had is Brian Kelly. It just seems like he's watching our highlights all week instead That's of the true. other team's film. And, you know, Beating Syracuse 80% of the time, that's not Notre Dame football, so I'd love to see a change because, you know, 10-2 is great and it looks good compared to 4-8. When you're getting blown out when every uh, person in the country is watching, that's that's pretty bad and that seems to keep happening. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say blown out. We talked a little bit on this show, and I'd like to squeak in my obligatory Charlie Weiss reference. One of the things Ooh. that was the undoing of Charlie Weiss was he was getting blown out by really good teams. And to be fair to Brian Kelly, maybe not even fair, but to be accurate – he really doesn't get blown out by better teams. He they just got doesn't blown show up. the fuck this, out, dude. They this got blown in Alabama, the fuck out. You know, I, I think... This, look, listen, just like I said, this was a death bucket no, game. I, Alabama I was a death bucket game. You walked into the Alabama game thinking everything was hunky-dory. You walked down the landscape pipe, and you dunked yourself into a five-gallon bucket of water, and you drowned like a moron who had no clue what the hell was going on. And that's exactly what happened tonight. And I th- Death bucket. I think it's fair to say with the number three playoff ranking, which was two weeks old, right? So it was getting a little bit stale. Notre Dame was ranked number three in the playoff ranking. I know it's kind of a new thing, but you know, going back to the caller here, is it fair to say that Alabama and this were Brian Kelly's two biggest games in his Notre Dame career? They, they were his death bucket games. I, I, we get it. They I get the death two- bucket. Was this, yeah, was this the most important game other than Alabama? Yes, I would say yes, because of the time between the two games and the seasons and all the sadness that's happened in between. This is kind of like, all right, if you've, you get seven years, you've less than a 70% winning percentage. And every time we're on game day, big games, we're losing. So I feel like his time for big games are just kind of running out, and this is the last draw. Yeah, okay, so if you have the decision, this is your parting shot. Would you fire Brian Kelly, or would you not schedule big games? That's a joke. Oh, fire it. Brian Kelly. <laughs> Notre Dame is meant for big games. We're not meant for 
losing at Arizona yeah. State and just all these embarrassing losses. I was just I was just kidding. However, this show would not be complete if somebody had actually said fire Brian Kelly. I think that had to happen at some point. So thank you very much, man. From Texas, representing tonight, dude. This Lone Star State is it, Dallas or Houston. That was that was Dallas, and that the one Dallas. before was Houston. All so right. Texas is all over. I got it, love. So. I got mad love for Texas. Yeah, that's that's great, man. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Last one, last one of the night. Let's try to squeeze one in. Area code seven seven four zero four zero seven four zero. Indy fan radio. What's going on? Bring it home. Garbage time. You're in. You're in at QB. What do you want to run? Oh, he dropped. Oh my Call has dropped. Oh, he christed. He dang christed. We put we put Dion McIntosh in, and he choked the ball. (sighs) He coughed it up. All right, we got. What is this? Eight four eight. Okay, one more. Area code eight four eight. You're gonna bring us home. ND fan radio on one foot down. Let's go. You there? Jesus Christ, guys. I'm, yeah, I'm. No, I'm come here. on. Got, We're Catholic. Don't give me a JC blast. Come on, say something else. Drop an f bomb. Don't give me the JC blast. Oh man. Yeah, they may come. Well, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have like notes here that I was gonna like kind of touch upon, but at this point, I'm just like depressed and sad. And the more I listen, I just want to shoot myself. But uh, I think I, I got a funny story because a lot of people brought up wives real quick. But ultimately, I'm more of a, uh, like, the players dictate the outcome of a game. Like, coaches look good when players uh, catch balls and throw accurate passes and make blocks. And then they're geniuses. And then they look excited. And then they're all pumped up. And when they miss those blocks and throws and catches, then they look down. They're not fired up. And the coaches are stupid. But there's been something about Brian Kelly since South Florida of his first year that it's just like a kid in school who like has a learning disability and can't like pronounce vowels or something like there's just something missing. There's just some piece of the puzzle in his coaching is just missing where there are these blank spots of stupidity that continue to happen. The problem is no matter who's the coach in Notre Dame, I have a, you could be Joseph Stalin. I want to root for him. And I always hope for the best. And this game hurts so much because you, I was watching with my nine-year-old, my seven-year-old, and my five-year-old, and they're just starting to understand because that's crazy. 90 seconds. And and you, it is such a rare opportunity to be in this position. It does, we are Notre Dame fans. It does not happen often, right? So no matter what, how we got there or or the teams we played or the strengths, the schedules of this, that, and the other, we're in this position that is really hard to be in. And to go on the road and to play poorly uh, from the get, uh, was was just heartbreaking. I fucking hate the Listen. goddamn um uh, the the use turnover chain and the whole seconds. seek and and the whole thing just made me want to vomit in my mouth. It was practically a Miami commercial. <laughs> I saw a dickhead from high school in the stands, fucking cheering Miami on, which made it even worse. It was like, before the game, and I was just I yeah, love my rant. I- I uh, love ending on this call. I know. We should have had him earlier. First of all, if you had your... <laughs> listen, anybody out there that had their children watching this game, you know, CPS... This guy, this guy ripped off as in the name. Nine- you got to listen to this. You got you, you to you, right? Obviously, you're Catholic if right, you rip well, off a 12, a 9, a 8, a 6, a 4-year-old. Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, And I made him watch Notre Dame <laughs> yeah, at, yeah, at yeah. 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, it's funny like that. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm like... I've been nervous about this game because nobody, even in the beginning of the season, everyone was overlooking Miami, like chalking that in, even when talking about like best to play. And immediately that gave me a bad feeling in my stomach. I was more nervous about this game than I was about USC. And I was real nervous about USC. I just had a bad feeling about it because everyone was assuming and picking Notre Dame. And they everything going for them in Miami. The big win, 
the the hype and the da 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 da, and they you know their their fans are going to show up when they're winning. So I knew that place was going to be crazy. So so I'm I'm like super duper intense for the game. I'm waiting all goddamn day. I'm going. Sorry for the goddamn. I'm going like kind of antsy in my pants. I got the kids are going to stay up late. I'm feeding them ice cream, and me and my wife and I love my wife, love her to death. But we get in this huge fight over some bullshit, something about folding laundry or something. Right. So now it's like 7:30, and we're in some huge fight. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! I'm in a bad mental state. The vibes are awful. We you haven't even well kicked off. Now I'm in a shitty state. We're going. We're, I, I can't even breathe. We're like in this awful fight. And then, right at like 7:55, she gets this god awful nosebleed. So it's 7:55. My wife's got her head in the sink, blood awesome. oozing out of her face and her mouth. She like can't breathe, and she's like, "I think we need to call the ambulance." I'm like, "There's no fucking way we're calling the ambulance." I'm not calling the ambulance. So I'm like feeding her paper towels, and I'm like, "Why don't you try some ice on your face?" And this kind of diffused the fight at least. But now I'm like, it's like eight o'clock. I'm like, what do I do now? I'm like walking from the bathroom to the living room, trying to watch the beginning of the game. My head's all out of whack. And then they get shellacked. And it was just, just the shittiest evening. Look, your wife's, for me, (laughs) your wife's nosebleed was a premonition above what was to come. Notre Dame was just going to be bleeding out and there's nothing (laughs) you can do, but stand over the sink and go get more paper towels there's nothing. Look, yeah, you, what listen, my, and all these which, people. Which she's like, which is like, I can't, I can't make it stop bleeding. I'm like, oh, we're fucked. Of yeah. course you can't. Listen, and all these, all these do-gooders are going to be like, tilt your head back, pinch your nose, and it's going to keep bleeding. No, and you keep don't bleeding, understand. And there's nothing you, you can do about Mandy, it. Manny Diaz is sending linebackers coming hot yeah. at Wimbush. Just stay we're over fucked. the sink. We're fucked. Stay over the sink. Oh, man, I wish we had you on earlier. <laughs> what a phenomenal call. Look, hey, what's your oh, name? Yeah, hey, yeah, what's your name, man? Are you on Twitter at all? Uh, Nolan. Yeah, no, Nolan. No, hey. Jersey, what what a f- fan. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go emotionally shut down and not look at ESPN for a year. What? Uh, a, what? A, also, oh, by the way, I'm also a giant. I'm also a Giants fan. So, oh, jeez. You know, right that, that means nothing to my brother. He watches no NFL at all. But I can tell you that what you just said is like, okay, the nosebleed actually happened because somebody punched me in the face. <laughs> That's what you just said, being a Giants fan. <laughs> Listen, I'm a Niners fan, yeah, okay? It's, it's I'm a Niners fan, so there's nothing for me tomorrow either. All right? I know where you're coming from. But look, I, th- I think that you just summed it up. You, little a, did you know you had a premonition of what was going to happen. What a fantastic call to end the show. Yeah. You Dude, got, that pu- you got punched in the face. Your nose is bleeding all freaking game, and you're like, "What the hell is this?" And you, I just, just came here for a good time, and here I am getting rocked, yeah. rocked in the grill. Listen, there- man, I I I, did, I put my kids to bed at halftime. Like I said, we we're at a party. We came home, and and my sweet sweet daughter said, "Daddy, will you tell me who wins tomorrow when I wake up?" And I said, "I'll tell you who's gonna win right now, sweetheart." <laughs> it's not. It ain't, no, it ain't Notre Dame. <laughs> that's right. It, that's it. And that's one of the first times I called it at halftime. I there was no way they were coming back. And blood, I, blood in the streets, blood on the blood nose, in, blood in the sink, blood in the sink. Thanks, Nolan. Blood on the it. paper towel. Nolan from Jersey summed it up perfectly. This is Indie Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. We appreciate every every single one of you. 
We haven't done a live show in so long. It took, we had some technical hiccups. It took a while to get this thing rolling. We were struggling. I mean, I think just, we did better than Notre Dame, though. Just, I think, like, to be just fair. like ND, we were struggling at the beginning of this thing. We had no clue. I don't know if we won, how but to get this we thing showed fired up. up. And we we, we we were hurting, man. But we got we got it righted. Unlike the Irish, we got this thing righted here. Everybody that called in, everybody that listened, we're going to post this thing tomorrow. Anybody that checks this thing out on SoundCloud, we thank you all. We love Notre Dame. We want nothing more than Notre Dame to be awesome. They're not awesome right now. We thought they were going so it was going so well, and then <laughs> that you was get not awesome. And Rick. then you get next thing you know, you're in sitting in the kitchen and you got blood pouring out of your face, and you have no clue how to stop it. Yeah. That's where we're at. That's where we're at, man. Indie Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. Appreciate everybody listening. Y'all have a good night. Night, all. Thank you.